What offends you? What is one thing that always gets you annoyed or upset? I'd love to hear from you in our comments and chat section right now. Throughout this video, we're going to talk about something that upsets the God who made us. Division among His people. Racism and segregation have no place among the people of God. And so today, we're going to talk about what God wants us to do about that. Hi, my name's Tatiana and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. Welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. We are a community of Christ followers who meet online to worship God and learn together how to best live out Jesus' commands to love everyone always. Maybe that's something you've been looking for in your life. I hope we can help you with that. In fact, during our video, there will be a number on the screen that you can text anytime. If you have questions about what you're hearing or you just want to learn about how you can get more connected to our community, go ahead and send a text. It will go directly to our speaker who will get back with you as soon as they can. We want everyone to have a chance to explore all that God has in store for their lives because we believe that no matter what you think about God, He can't stop thinking about you. He is for you and He only has good things for your life. And everything God has in store for us centers around His love for us and our love for others, which is why we want to help you get connected with a community of people who can help you with that. If you're watching us on a live stream, we'd love to hear from you right now in our chat. And if you've never communicated with us before, we really want to hear from you. In fact, we are so serious about this that we want to offer you a free $10 Grubhub gift card just for commenting for your very first time. All you need to do is leave a first time chat with the words, I love free food, and we'll send you a Grubhub gift card on us. And if you're not watching on a live stream right now, you can still participate. Just text the words, I love free food to the number at the top of the screen and we'll make sure you get a free gift card as well. I hope this is something you'll do because we are so excited you're here and we'd be honored to hear from you. Now it's time to get started with our main idea, but we want you to keep chatting with our community. And as you do that, let's watch this together. Today I want to talk to you about something significant. It's something not everybody's going to agree with me about, but I want you to try to stay open. And I'm going to try to ramp up to give you some time because we need to talk about pizza. I know, you're shocked. So I'm going to take a bit before we get there and give you some time to think. So let's just put that to the side. I want to start with a correction. We've been in a series of talks around this idea of where do we go when our lives are falling to pieces and who helps us bring peace out of the pieces. So we started back in January talking about one statement of Jesus where he was asked, what's the most important thing you can do with your life? He said, hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Jesus starts by saying, the Lord is one, he's a whole, he's not in pieces. So he provides us with a firm place to stand so we can love as we submit ourselves to God in our pieces, heart, mind, soul, and strength. For, from that place, we can do what he says to complete this. We, we can love our neighbor as ourselves. 
Now for this month of February, we started talking about the second part of our world in pieces, not just us, but how do we love each other? And so last week, I started discussing with you again one of the most significant issues of neighbor against neighbor, and it's this issue of race. Here's where the correction comes in. I said to you last week that I wasn't talking about this because I have an agenda. Well, that's not what I should have said. I should have said I had no political agenda. I, I don't think I've ever talked to a group of people where I didn't have an agenda. So I wanna be clear on my agenda when it comes to this area. My agenda is to see us embrace and embody God's dream for the body of Christ. That body has no place for division of any kind, including racial or ethnic division. If we're to live out the central command to love our neighbor as ourselves, this is a place we should start. And you may think, well, isn't that already true of our church and most churches in the country? I mean, last week you taught that the Bible says we're all made in the image of God. If that's what Christians believe, well, I mean, why do you even have to talk about this? Well, here's what you might not know. 90% of churches in our country are made up of one single race. Imagine anywhere else in our culture where that would be considered normal. Can you imagine the outrage if 90% of our universities only enrolled students of one race? if 90% of the youth sports teams your kids played on were only one race? Suppose 90% of banks only did business with clients of one race. The American church is the only major institution where few allow segregation in our country. And because of that, churches remain 10 times more segregated than communities in which they reside. They are 20 times more segregated than the schools that are nearby. And I, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, you know, people just like to worship with their own kind. People are just more comfortable in the style and the culture that they're used to. I get it. That's why we have to talk about pizza. In 2015, the CEO of Pizza Hut got his team together to talk about their lagging sales. He asked them to come up with a new promotion and after many hours they did, and it was simple. The way they said it was, easy beats better. They said, People in our day don't want quality, they want convenience. Well, what does that have to do with a church divided by race? Well, when I first got into church leadership, a, a principle that was taught was the homogeneous principle. It said, if you want your church to grow faster, only target one group of people. People are way more comfortable that, with people that are most like them. And they're more apt to attend a place where people look like them. And they were right. That, that works. The problem is when a neighborhood gets more racially diverse, what do you do? Well, simple. You sell your building to a new ethnic group and you move further to another place where you just find your race and you start all over again. Uh, one race works really well in churches. It's just easier. A multi-ethnic church is just far more difficult and messier, which would be fine except it's asking the wrong question for a group of people who follow Jesus, who commanded us to love our neighbor. The question is not what's easier to get people to come. The question is, what's more in line with what God designed the church to be? And God did not create separate but equal. And all it takes to know that is to look at the church that first generation of Jesus followers gave the world. Now. 
What we know is that all of the first people who followed Jesus were Jewish. But once the church left Jerusalem, they left one ethnicity behind as well. All the letters in the New Testament are written to multi-ethnic churches. It's one of the reasons they're often tried to address unity in the church because it's messy. The tension between Jesus followers uh, who are Jewish and Jesus followers who are non-Jewish, I mean, they conflicted all the time. Uh, Jewish people had been raised with some really strict dietary laws, but they didn't mind at all eating meat that had been offered to a pagan idol. The non-Jewish followers who used to follow that pagan God didn't want anything to do with that meat because for them, those temples, I mean, they represented something terrible. They couldn't understand why their Jewish friends couldn't enjoy bacon with them. They couldn't get together on what days were special or what holidays should be kept. And it would have been easier for a writer in most of the New Testament letters to say, you know, a guy we know named Paul to say to them, all you Jewish believers, just meet in your own house. And all you other ethnic believers, you meet in that house. And we'll come together occasionally for unity services. And that'll be good. But consistently, Paul and the other Christian leaders understood that following Jesus demands messy over easy. The way he preached the cross meant there was no other way to be the church of Jesus people. We have to choose love for neighbor if we're ever, ever gonna bring peace out of the broken pieces in our world. And we can do it because the church has a solid foundation of Jesus on which to stand. Hero Church, the Lord our God, he is one and he's calling us to be one as well. And from that foundation, we can be agents of reconciling love in our world. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus name above every other the only one who could ever say worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you we live for you holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my
So I wanna show you today God's desire for us to be united across ethnic barriers. And to do that, I just wanna read parts of the Bible with you. I, I wanna start in a letter written by the man I mentioned named Paul to a church in the Greek city of Ephesus. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. If it's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and sat us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all that he's done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. So first, we all need to know that God's grace is the only hope that any of us have. I, I find so often people misunderstand grace as getting the part that God does. It's, it's what makes up for what I can't do. I do the best I can to be a good person, and then God's grace and His grace, He counts me as good. Uh, the idea is that some of us are good, but not good enough. Others of us aren't quite that good, so we need more of God's grace, and some of us, <laughs> we're just bad. We need a lot of grace, but that is not the idea of grace. The idea of grace is what Jesus said. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, the reason this is important is if you have the wrong idea of grace, it can lead you to have the wrong idea about race and ethnicity. Because racism implies we don't all stand equal before our maker. That some ethnic groups are a little closer to God than others. Now, you might be surprised to know that the very first people that had a really work at believing that, they're the very first followers of Jesus. Those 12 men who Jesus called, the first few thousand who were baptized to start the church, they're Jewish people. They'd been taught their whole life. They were closer to God than anybody else. So naturally they said to people, you can follow Jesus after you become Jewish. Absolutely, Jesus is for you once you adopt all the things of Judaism. In fact, one of the church conferences was held about this very issue. And out of it came one of the most important statements ever spoken, Peter, a Jew, a follower of Jesus stands up and he says, we believe that all are saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. We all receive light the same way by identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus in baptism. That's why we tell everybody at Community Christian, your first step in following Jesus is to be baptized. Because as Paul makes clear, without Jesus, we aren't off track, we aren't sick, we're dead and you bury dead things and you allow God to resurrect them. So if you've been feeling led to be with us for a while and 
but you as an adult, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus by being baptized? Right now, look at the number on the screen and, and text, text me and say, hey, I wanna follow Jesus. I'll reach out to you. So let's keep reading what Paul writes. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Okay, so we're saved by grace and we're prepared by grace to do the good works. The very next word is therefore. So he wants us to know that this very next part, it's given in light of the fact that you've already been saved by grace and saved to do good works. So let's talk about the good thing that you've been prepared to do. Don't forget that you Gentiles, you used to be outsiders. So you were called uncircumcised heathen by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. You didn't know the covenant promises that God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commands and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other, it was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us come, come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You're members of God's family. Together, we're one house, his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We're carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Now, <laughs> I know that I just read more scripture than a lot of you've read in your whole life. But sometimes when I just read the words of the Bible, I just wanna, I just wanna say, did you hear what our heritage is? Do you know where you, what you've been invited to lead into this world? This is the good work we've been called to do. I mean, our world is filled with so much hate toward each other. The week I'm writing this, it's just days after another example in our nation's capital of people willing to draw lines of hatred and violence toward each other. And just as we talked about race, it doesn't mean that it shouldn't break the hearts of people who follow Jesus when we see that kind of division. It doesn't matter if the divide of the color of our skin or the language we speak or the way we practice religion or the way politicians try to use us. Hate against some of us is hate against all of us. See, we have a spiritual enemy, and he loves to kill, to steal, and destroy. 
And if he can keep us separated and divided and create fear in us and tell us the story because I'm afraid of you, it's okay for me to hate you. I mean, this is what he does. He's the great separator. He separated the man God created from God in the original garden. And he separated the man from the wife that God gave him. He separated their two sons to the point that one of them killed each other. Do you understand how huge the victory that Jesus won for us on the cross is? What he's saying is the cross goes both ways. The cross did away with everything that separated us from God. If I want that, if I want it, I'm united with God. And the cross did away with everything that has the power to separate us from each other. So why do I keep talking about race? Well, because I teach the cross of Christ and the cross of Jesus is more than a call for integration. It's God's move of reconciliation among all people. The cross is God's war on every wall. Look at it again in another translation. Christ himself is our peace. He made both Jewish people and those who are not Jews one people. They were separated as if there was a wall between them. But Christ broke down that wall of hate by giving his own body. His purpose was to make the two groups of people become one new people in him. And in this way, we make peace. It was also Christ's purpose to end the hatred between these two groups, to make them into one body, and to bring them back to God. Christ did all of this with his death on the cross. You cannot preach the cross of Jesus and justify your desire to be racially divided. God's desire was not the end of hostility, but the creation of a new family. And that God's purpose is not just the cessation of hostility. It's the creation of a completely new family. For thousands of years, followers of Jesus have come together to partake in the family meal to remind us of the one who made us right with God and right with each other. This is what we remember together. Followers of Jesus believe that in his death on the cross, God broke down the walls between him and us, but also between us and one another. He created a new family, not born of blood or nationality, but one born in the body and blood of Jesus, given for all of us equally. And on the night before he died, Jesus started a new family meal to remember him. He took bread from the table and said it was his body given in love for us. And then he took the cup and said it was his blood poured out to create a new family relationship between God and people. And for thousands of years, followers of Jesus from all nations and languages and skin tones have taken part in this meal of communion as brothers and sisters. So today, feel free to use whatever you have on hand to remember Jesus in this way. A piece of bread or a cracker for his body, and a cup of juice or even water for his blood. And when you receive these symbols, don't just remember what Jesus has done for you alone, but how Jesus has made you part of a multinational, multi-ethnic family. And if you're not sure you believe all we do, I'd love for you to use this time to reflect on all you've experienced so far. 
Is it possible there's a God that not only loves you, but also all his children? Is it possible he died to bring you together with him and with others as well? Maybe reach out to him in prayer or reach out to us in text. We'd love to hear from you. But for followers of Jesus, let's take the bread. This is the body of Jesus given for you to adopt you as his son or daughter. Let us eat and remember. And now the cup. This is the blood of Jesus poured out to make a new family relationship between him, you, and all believers. Let's drink and remember. For whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the new life we have found in a family of God because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Amen. Now, God doesn't say he wants us to be colorblind in the church. Don't say that. He wants us to see colors. I'm white, you're black, you're brown. I see that in you. God's glory shines in you. I can see it in you, just like I hope you can see it in me. Another writer of scripture calls us living stones. God's choosing living stones from a very diverse quarry to build a brand new house, a new temple for his Holy Spirit to dwell in. This is God's dream for his church. And when it's not embraced or embodied, the results are nightmarish. One example can be seen in an account from Mahatma Gandhi's autobiography. Distressed uh, as a student over the caste system in India that keeps people divided by race and tribe and all of that, he begins to read the Gospels in college while he's living in South Africa. And he thought that the teaching of Jesus was the answer for his troubled nation of India. So he visits the church. And at the church, he's met by an usher who told him, you're not welcome here. Go find a church for people of your color. He writes in his autobiography, if Christianity has a caste system too, I might as well remain Hindu. It's really hard to measure the damage to the mission of the kingdom of God that's been done by us allowing walls to stand that the cross of Christ was meant to destroy because it gives the wrong picture of the character of God. In the very next chapter of the same book, Paul argues that it's God's multi-ethnic plan that shows that God is not just good, God's really smart. God's purpose in all of this, this is referring to God's multi-ethnic plan that I just read about to you in chapter two, was to use the church to display his wisdom in all its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was God's eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. You hear what he said? The multi-ethnic church is making God look smart to the invisible realms that we sometimes forget even exist. God's doing something that the angels and the demons are learning from by looking at what God is intending for the church, his variety. And by the way, the word that's translated variety literally means multicolored. I'm good as that. Through the multicolored church, God is declaring to angels and demons to visible and invisible realms that Jesus Christ is one. It's through the multicolored church that God's declaring to the enemy. I kept all the promises I made to Abraham when I said, I'm gonna bless 
every ethnic group on the earth through you. And it's through the multicolored church that God's announcing that the creation that sin had completely polluted is gonna be completely restored and completely reconciled. God's saying, I'm gonna get the creation I wanted from the start. And he's doing it through the multicolored church. Monoracial church, it's easier. Multi-ethnic church, it's better. And to get to that, we have to talk about pizza. So, like your children, when I was young, the first pizza I ever ate, I wanted was easy. It was bread, it was a little sauce, and it was cheese. It was simple and easy. And then one day, somebody put a pepperoni on that thing. Ho, ho, ho! And then some sausage and some olives, and then praise God, some good old breakfast-style bacon. Type, I'm with you in the comments, if you're with me. And pizza got a lot messier and way, way better. So I came to know Jesus in the white American church and white American culture, it has some values. One of the highest values is individualism. So I was discipled in the white church to take ownership of my faith, to develop my personal relationship with Jesus. And that was growing in Jesus. It was up to me to pursue. But as I began to travel and I met Christians from other ethnic traditions for the first time, I mean, in a real way, I learned the value of brothers and sisters in faith. For the under-resourced community, I learned that what hurts one hurts all. And frankly, I saw in my black and brown brothers in a different part of the world a passion for worship that frankly, most white people could use. I saw how they respect authority and especially how they respect the older wisdom of older generations. And what a strength long-term followers bring to the body of Christ. I, I saw my black American brothers and sisters, uh, they brought to the church a capacity to lament and mourn a holy way before God when life is hard. And I saw in them a deep faith in an almighty God that delivers even though when things look bleak. You know, research is pretty overwhelming. Black American Christians believe in the miracles in the Bible. They believe in the literal Bible. They believe in a supernatural God much more than white Christians. You see, when you're oppressed, when you've been on the margins, when you don't have many resources, when you can't fix your problems with money, you turn in desperations to an almighty God to deliver you. We need the faith of our black brothers and sisters in the white church. Multi-ethnic is better but I promise you, it will be messier. In fact, it can't even be done apart from the empowering grace of God. And that's why the church must choose the way of spirit-empowered love. So I told you, I was gonna give you a prayer to pray each week. This week, I wanna end with one of the best known prayers in the Bible. It comes in the chapters I've been reading to you. And typically, we just lift it right out of the context that you now know, and we attach it to whatever good project we wanna throw it on. But again, now you know what Paul is really praying about. God's project is multicolored church offered to the world to show God's wisdom and grace in heavenly places. So Paul says, 
when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit and in Christ, Christ will make his home in your hearts that you trust in him. Your roots will grow deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all with all of God's people what they should know, how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. And then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able to, through his mighty power, at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than all we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. Father, let it be so in us.
Racial justice and unity in the church is not just good, it's better. This is God's ideal way that we would accomplish His mission in the world. When we come together from different backgrounds, languages, and cultures as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can become unstoppable in our ability to love everyone always. But we have to be able to admit to ourselves that this won't always be easy. So think about what you can do this week to start branching out of the way you've always experienced life. I know I don't get this right all the time, and I'm so glad that I have a group of people I can come to when I need encouragement or advice. That's why I want to give you a few ways you can join us in our community here so we can accomplish God's work together. If you haven't already done so, visit us online at cccanywhere.com. There you can check out some resources that can help you during your week. You'll see some material that's made just for your children so they can connect with God on their level. You'll see ways that you can support our church financially if you feel led to do so. Not because we need your money, but because trusting God sometimes means we need to give back some of what we've been given to serve and take care of others. One last way to get more involved with us is to join our Facebook group so you can keep up with what's happening around our community. While you're visiting us on cccanywhere.com, click on the card that says join our Facebook group. That will take you to our Community Christian Anywhere Facebook page. Then click on the join group button. I really hope you'll take advantage of these ways to get more involved here at Community Christian Anywhere because doing life in a community, especially a diverse community of believers, is just better. And remember, no matter what you think about God, we believe He can't stop thinking about you.